Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. So welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast, and today we're going to talk about a subject that I know is on all of your minds, uh, especially in the last few years, but probably for the last 20 years, like where do we find good people for our organization? So what are the tips, the techniques, some of the ways that we can improve our hiring process and recruiting process? So my guest today is Melissa Dunn. She's been uh, joined our team just in January, so she's been with us just for a few months, but she's a seasoned HR professional recruiter. So I want to start off by just having you tell our listeners a little bit about your background, then we'll take it from there. Sure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited to be part of the John Harrison team. But um, as far as my background goes, I've been in human resources for about 25 years. Um, I've worked for IT industry. I've worked for the oil and gas industry and I've worked for the electrical utility industry. So a a wide variety there of different exposures and different types of employees, both professional more labor oriented, and then those that are in between, in between as far as technical skills go. Awesome. So, okay, and we're so thrilled to have her on our team because not just of that background, but because of her, her values and her behavior. And I've just uh, known her for a long time, so we're just blessed to have her. And I also remind people all the time, and so and Melissa comes from an HR background, but a lot of the people that are listening today may not even have a human resources person department. There's lots of companies out there that are you know, the, the actual line manager is the person recruiting, interviewing. It could be an, you know, an admin person that does payroll and does 20 different functions, and they're also being the recruiter. So we're, we're aware of that, that a lot of our clients don't have a formal human resources department. But, but what are a couple things, just regardless if it's a large company, small company, that you would say are kind of some of the key things when you're, when you're looking for people or, it, or interviewing them? What are the two or three things that come to mind? Well, I think the, the process that starts with making sure that you have a good job description and you know exactly what it is that you're looking for, because if you don't know, then it's going to be hard to, to tell the public what you're looking for. Right. Um, so I would start there, vet it internally, make sure that you all understand and agree what it is that you're looking for. And within that, um, considering the specific skill sets technically that you're looking for. Um, but I think as an extension of that, you know, understanding what your culture is and exactly what you're looking for from the right person, not necessarily just a person or a warm body. You know, that person has to match that culture and what you're looking for as well. But then um, secondly, you know, make sure that in your interviewing process, you have a wide variety of people um, interviewing interviewing that person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that can be in a couple of different forms. It can be in a panel interview. It can be one to one. Um, I've seen it done multiple ways. Both are successful. I think both have a place in the process, um, just not to over overextend and overreach in one one way or the other. Yeah, and with that, just a couple of comments on what Melissa said already. So I think when you're thinking about the job description, and I've said this to clients the last few years, be really careful that you aren't saying they need five years experience and a bachelor's degree and some of this, if it really doesn't matter. I, I think for years, of course, we didn't have those requirements. 
And then when that became more of the norm, having a four-year degree and, and some of those things, it, we kind of put it on every job or 90% of them. And I think now we realize there's probably some jobs that where that isn't a requirement. That's absolutely true. We've kind of seen in some ways a, a revert back mm-hmm. to taking that off of the job descriptions because, you know, a lot of people chose not to go to school, but they sat home and taught themselves how to become a computer programmer, for example. Yes. So, you know, if they've got years of experience doing that, even on a contract basis, you can't deny that experience. Yeah. And that may be, again, where you want a group of people around the table to go, okay, we're getting ready to recruit for this job, but is bachelor's degree required? Is it a nice to have? Does it matter what degree they have? And I think it's interesting, again, in the last 10 years, if you would have had an online bachelor's degree at some point, people would have laughed at that. And they would have said, oh, that's not a real degree. You, you didn't go to a four-year brick-and-mortar school. Generally, now employers don't care about that. If, it's, if they need a bachelor's degree and it's online, they don't care. So things have changed in that regard. So being open, open to those types of things is important. And then when you talked about panel interviews versus one-on-one, I've got thoughts on both of those. Like Melissa said, I think they both work. My concern only using panels sometimes is that obviously it's efficient. Because you bring three managers in there, whatever, and then you've got one interviewee. And so one hour, three people technically interviewed that person. But what I don't love about that is, first of all, it is pretty quick. It's only an hour. And you might have a person that is one of the recruiters or, or is more talkative than the other two. There's, there's something nice about having three 30-minute interviews or three one-hour interviews because the person might react differently to one of the interviewee or interviewers and you now the three of you get back together and it was so what do you think of he or she well I thought she was great but I she kind of said this and that worried me and then the first interviewer could say well and she said that in my interview but I I asked some follow-up questions and that really really helped clarify what she meant by that so in general my bottom line of all that is don't rush the process exactly yeah, um, I've seen I've seen the process rushed, and it, it's a struggle, and it's a tension for the applicant as well as the people sitting in the room as part of the panel. Um, I think you also lose some of the intimacy of getting to know the person as who they are, you know, as an individual, and just being able to relate to them on the human aspect of it. I think you know, asking some basic questions, even one on one, about things like respect: who do they respect in their life, and why. You know, understanding the background and the context of where they came from and their upbringing, because all of that comes into play as to whether or not they're going to fit into the team that you're hiring them for and your culture. And you can definitely get that more so, I think, on a one-on-one basis. A room full of people is just intimidating. Yeah, I agree. And I think we do spend, in general, more time on technical questions or looking at their resume and where they worked and what their job titles were and what if it's what IT background they have or things like that, which is, which is great. But we all know down deep, if somebody is an awesome employee or if they are a pain in the butt employee, it usually comes down to their behaviors. So I always erred on the side of asking questions about, like you said, tell me, tell me what respect looks like to you. Tell me, have you ever been in a situation where you were involved in a conflict Mm -hmm. and how did you handle that? And even a question like that, they might say, well, yeah, I got mad at my neighbor and I you know, got in a fist fight with him. Okay, well, probably not going to say that in the interview, but you might pick up on some things where they're a little confrontational. But they might also say, well, I've had this conflict with my neighbor for the last six months. And I'm like, well, what would you do about it? 
you know, nothing. I just, I'm, it's okay. I'm just living with it. And like, I don't love that answer because we want people that can handle difficult situations. So we've got a list of those kinds of questions. If anybody wants that, I'm happy to share that. But getting to some root behavioral issues, um, again, still an interview, you're not going to see them for hours and hours and hours. But I think sometimes we make the mistake of not asking those kinds of questions. And again, all the more reason if they had three people asking them questions like that, they're also going to figure out that this is a different type of organization. And we try to remind clients too, when people are inter- when you're interviewing them, they're interviewing you. And if it comes in and it's a 30 minute boom, 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 interviews done, leave, I, I pr- frankly, as a, as a candidate would not be impressed by that. Mm-hmm. It should be a little difficult to get hired at your organization. So, you know, we had, when we started the Caterpillar plan up here in Little Rock, we had, we had three interviews, almost 90 minutes each. These were for hourly employees. And, and sometimes people thought that seems like over the top. And I thought, well, wait a minute, we're going to spend a half day with them roughly four hours, they might stay with us for 20 or 30 years. So, in, you know, on, in, on paper, it might seem like that's too much. But in the back of my mind, I used to say this, if we interview somebody and they're awful, I mean, we, are we interview them, interview went awful, okay, we're not going to hire them. But what if we interviewed them in 30 minutes, they fooled us for 30 minutes, it looked pretty good, and now they come on board, and in the first week we find out they're awful we'll probably move on. But what if they're just kind of okay? We interviewed them in 30 minutes, they're just okay, and now they're mediocre and they stick around for 20 years. Like, that's my bigger concern. Awful people, if they just don't work out, they're off the charts bad, any size organization will deal with that. But this whole, let's get some warm bodies in here, and then they stick around for 20 years because they really haven't done anything that causes them to get terminated that's a big problem. So I would make your this hiring process robust. Yeah. I think making sure too that, you know, your managers or the people that are actually conducting the the interviews are trained properly because if they if they if you're not all succinct and in in tune relative to what you're looking for in the culture and the expectations of the person then essentially you could be lowering your expectations for the type of person you're trying to hire. You bet. And that's not what you want to do because then you're, you're stuck with them for 20 or 30 years. Cause if they think they can coast, they're going to stick around and coast. <laughs> you, bet. you bet. Yeah. And I think having multiple interviewers, we've already talked about that. Another tip I would give is who is the person filtering the resumes? And I've seen that be all kinds of different people. And it could be the HR manager, but it could be the admin assistant. Yeah. And I was working with a company a few years ago and I was looking at their process and I was working, it was a woman that was filtering the resumes and I was just watching her, how she said, yes, we'll interview this person. No, we won't. And literally I, she put someone in the, no, you no, we're not going to interview this person pile. And I said, I'm curious because it looks like it's a pretty good background. And she said, well, yes, but the, the hiring manager told me they want them to have five years of experience. And this person literally had like four and a half years. And in her brain, nope, it says five or more, four and a half person is out. Yeah. And of course, if you have more than one person filtering those resumes, someone else might be, no, 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 that's, that's close enough. There's a lot of good stuff on that resume. Let's go ahead and interview them. And so I think that's another thing. Like you, I would have a diverse group of people kind of going through the resumes. Yeah. Or at least a, a minimum understanding of what that looks like, right? Is yes. there any flexibility? 
And I think in today's job market, you have to have that flexibility, right? That's if right. they don't meet the five-year mark, why do they not meet it? Is it just simply time? What exposures have they really had? What experience do they really have? And can that be considered, you know, as meeting or closely meeting the minimum requirements? The other thing I would say about that is, is there a step progression that you can put them in if they don't meet the, <clears throat> the minimum requirements for a level two engineer, you know, can we back them up and put them in a level one and then work with them to progress them to that level two sooner rather than later? Yeah, I like that. Yes. A, growth, a growth path, if you will. Yeah, and it's not, it's not lowering standards, but it's being a little more flexible. Because again, if, they, if, if you ask behavioral type questions and you go, wow, this person seems very mature, yeah. coachable, flexible, 90% of the time we can probably get them trained. And I ask that question when I'm working with different businesses. Sometimes I'll, I'll just say, how many of these jobs would you say someone coming maybe right out of high school could they do this job if they were coachable? And I, um, I don't, this isn't scientific, but I would say most people say 80% or more. Like, give me somebody that will learn, be respectful, ask questions, all of that. Like, man, I can work with somebody like that. And, and some, attitude. yeah, somebody could have a PhD from Harvard with a 4.0 that isn't going to be the, the, that type of person and it probably won't work out. Mm-hmm. So, We've had some clients recently ask us to kind of be part of their recruiting process. And it's interesting because we didn't even advertise this. We weren't trying to get this business. But in a nutshell, what are those clients asking us to do for them? Yeah, so um, it's, it, it's actually pretty interesting because it's a, it's a baseline evaluation um, relative to that company's culture and what they've said is important. And you know, the, all of those things that we've talked about, the respect factor, the maturity factor, um, dissolving conflict or how to deal with conflict, <clears throat> respecting one another. All of those things are the types of questions that we're asking. We're trying to make sure that they understand, you know, what it is that this company is looking for, the type of individual, the type of behaviors incorporated with the type of performance expectations, because it's about both. I mean, you can get results, but you can be a freight train running over people getting those results. But it's the person that is diplomatic, that is um, caring in some way, that's passionate, that's respectful, um, can deal with conflict and deal with it maturely. So we're doing the baseline evaluation of that, having a quick conversation with them. Over the phone, usually? Over the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, doing a a quick evaluation uh, relative to those things and then making a recommendation about whether or not we think that they, they should pursue the person, continue a conversation with them or not. Um, a lot of them are very black and white, right? Yes. You know, right away. Um, if they're dropping, dropping the F-bomb in the phone conversation, you probably don't want to talk right. to them, right? Because it's not going to match the culture. But, um, you know, if they have all those respectable values and they can articulate things in a way that is professional and passionate and uh, perceived as, you know, wanting to help move the company forward and do the best job that they can do, then absolutely, you should give them a shot. Talk to them. Yeah. And, that, and that, I love that because, again, we didn't, we weren't even advertising this service, but 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 people that have worked with us knew that we understand this whole concept of being a values-driven person. And so, again, we're not making the offers. We're not asking them all the technical questions. But in effect, some of these companies are going, we have 30 applicants for a job. Could you please 
whittle that down to us to maybe three or four that you think we should actually spend more time with. And, you know, not, again, not an overly scientific process, but even, even scheduling somebody for a phone interview and then they don't show up, show up for the phone interview. We mm-hmm. call them, they don't answer the phone or like you said, inappropriate language or whatever. Like they're, they're so thankful that we're able to like take that group of 30 down to three cause they're busy. And again, this, I'm not, trying to sell this. I'm just saying for, for those of you that are out there trying to get good people, what's your process? And whether, I'm not saying we need to do that, but are you doing that? Are you thinking, you know what, let's take this first group of people. And before we even get too far down the path and have them come into the facility and go through a two or three hour interview, let's, let's just talk to them a little bit first and let's see if it even looks promising. So those are, it's again, it's another tip because I know some of you are either getting no candidates or you're getting a hundred candidates. And so you're like, what do, what do we do now? We just don't have time to do this. Yeah, I think even how they approach the process of applying and responding to the request for an interview, all of that says something. It tells part of their story. So picking up on those nuances and just paying attention to them is part part of that process too. You know, you can't ignore the the lack of responsiveness or the lack of professionalism or, you know, whatever the response is, you, you have to pay attention to that because it factors into it as well. Yeah. And you and I were kind of in the generation of you send a thank you note mm-hmm. and that might be an actual hard copy. Thank you note to everyone you interviewed with. And, and, and I know some young people could be going, well, that's weird. Like I don't send thank you notes to my grandma, let alone like to an interviewer. Why would I do that? But well, maybe it is an email or it, maybe it's a text depending on the situation. I don't know, but thank you so much for your time. If they said, thank you for so much for your time. I really enjoyed interviewing. I hope I get to move on to the next stage of the interview. Like even today, that would tell me something. Sure. And, and, and I'm going to throw one other thing out that just has hit me recently. Um, if someone comes to interview for your company and you say, well, what do you know about us? What do you know about our company? And if they say, I don't know anything about your company, I'm being a little extreme, but I might end the interview right there, especially over the phone, because I'm thinking, so that tells me they haven't taken five minutes to go look up your company name, go on the website. Most of your companies have websites. Most have Facebook pages. You can Google something about the company. And if they haven't even taken that step, that worries me. And, and that sounds like a minor thing, but I was at a coffee shop the other day and I happened to be there when the coffee shop manager was interviewing a cook for the, for the place. So they obviously sell coffee, but they have a breakfast and lunch menu. And I just happened to be at a table close enough that I could hear the manager interviewing this potential cook. And the, one of the very first questions the restaurant manager asked is he said, hey, have you taken a look at our menu? And the person went, no, I haven't. And right there I thought, okay, this restaurant, I know they have a website because I've been on their website. They show their entire menu, breakfast menu, lunch menu, coffee menu. So at a minimum, the person could have gotten on the website the night before the interview and said, oh, let me kind of see what they have here. Is it a full, is it a 500 things on the menu or is it five or what do they do? Um, That was to me bad enough, but the menu is up on the wall in the coffee shop. So the person could have gotten there 30 minutes before the interview and perused the menu on the wall and said, yeah, I sure have. And I know that you do you know, breakfast tacos and you do French toast and it looks like you got a lunch menu. But 
But when he said, no, I haven't, and this might mean I'm too old school, but I thought that's showing me something. So again, you want, it go to me, the interview process and goes way beyond just what questions are you asking? Like what things are we really going to pick up on? And, and, and there's no excuse in my point today that they didn't know, have one question about your company. Yeah. Yeah, the challenge today, though, is that, you know, the job market is tough and <clears throat> with so few people, or maybe I should rephrase that and say, with so so many people exiting the job market, right, for whatever reason, COVID related or not, yes. you know, the, the pool of applicants is smaller for whatever reason. And there's a sense of entitlement, I think, there from candidates just in general, mm -hmm. but um, that still doesn't create an excuse for them to do their own research and understand the company and their values and what their what their products and services are and what it is for their overall goals and objectives relative to the company. If you don't buy into that initially, then why would you even get, want to go to work there? You know, exactly. You're, you're sucking up my time trying to find the right person. Yeah, and I think, yes, it, this is a unique time in which candidates may feel like they have the reins, they're in control. Mm -hmm. And, okay, maybe some of that's deserved, right? Because maybe companies were, went the other extreme and they took advantage of people. But, right. but, but anybody today that says, you know, I'm, you pay me this or I'm, I'm walking, I might let them walk because, because that, that kind of behavior over time will catch up with them. Um, we're, we, again, we want to hear, hear mature conversations in the interview. So if somebody says, so what, what kind of pay are you looking for? You know, and if they say 100000 or nothing, like, you know, you don't, okay, well, that's probably not the kind of person we want here. But wow, I'd really love to be in the, you know, 90 to 110 range, but I understand that there's flexibility there. And, and so let's say the interviewer said, well, we're, this job's at 80000 and if the person, if, if the interviewee went, I'm done, that worries me. But if they went, well, now, if I were to accept the job at that level, what would be, what would be some ways like over the next 12 to 18 months where I could move up my salary over time? Like even that question I love. Now they, in their brain, they might be thinking, I'm not taking this job, but at least they're asking mature questions. And that, I think, again, sometimes we we're either such in a rush, we need a warm body, but I, I just want to, I want to put the ball in their court, so to speak, so I can hear them, what their thought process is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that shows a level of maturity, but it also gives the, um, the company an opportunity to show or shine in their areas of personal development and growth within their company, a career path or, you know, um, that they're willing to grow and cultivate their people internally. That's right. And, you know, one of the last things I'll say is I, I, I always thought about when I was interviewing, like I've got three daughters and I'd be like, well, what if my daughter was interviewing with us? What, what message are we sending to candidates? Is this a different place to work? Is it a values-based company? Is it friendly? Is it, is it the kind of place where I would want my daughter to be interviewing? You know, and then, and then of course I would think with my girls, like what, what would I want them to portray when they're looking for a job? So just so you know, in, in, in the things we do in under the John Harrison umbrella, yes, we do leadership training. Yes. We talked about some hiring services that we have available, but we also love working with staff and hourly level employees that are saying, how can I be a better employee? Because again, we're spending 40, 50, 60 hours every week of our life there. 
And that's really what we're about is making those 40, 50 or 60 hours better for you as a employer, a manager, owner, but also for these people that are spending their lives with you. So that's obviously in today's podcast, we couldn't go through every possible scenario and, and how this works, but, but obviously you can reach out to us and, and if you just need some coaching on, Hey, we're a small company, but we need some help on how we do our recruiting process or interviewing, get in touch with us. Cause now again, we've got Melissa on our team who brings a wealth of experience to help you with that. And, and I will say just like all of the people on our team, Melissa comes at this from a real world perspective. She knows some of you don't have, um, the time or the money or the, or the department to do this thing in a very drawn out, you know, robust way. But we also know that even if you're a three or four person company, we can help you with some things that will, I think, make this process be smoother for you. But any, any last minute thoughts as we, as we wrap up today? No, I don't have anything else really. You know, I'd love the opportunity to talk to anyone who would, who would like to know more about interviewing and recruiting and, and the service that we do provide, but also just to, you know, administratively, I've worked across all the the administrative pieces of the HR function, and I'd be happy to have a conversation with anyone that wanted to know more about that as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being part of our team now. And I hope this, uh, something we said today helps you all out there, but uh, look, look forward to our next podcast. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.